Because we're all in our homes this morning, I wonder if you will take a minute and look around at your Christmas decorations. Is Jesus anywhere to be found? Do you have a nativity scene or a creche set somewhere in your home? Maybe it's one that's been passed down to you through generations of your family. Maybe it's one that you picked up on your travels, one that not only tells the story of Christ's birth, but of your journey of faith as well. Maybe it's a delightfully commercial set from Target or Costco. Maybe you've got one that's kid-friendly, made of plastic or wood that can't break and is flexible enough that the cast of characters can be rearranged to the delight of your children's imagination. I will confess that as a pastor, I have taken to collecting crush sets much like I collect crosses. My kids and I walked through the house last week to determine exactly how many baby Jesuses were in our home and we found a whopping 27. Each of the sets is unique in its depiction of the Christmas story, in the characters present, in the facial expressions of Mary and Joseph, from surprise to reverence to joy. Some of the scenes have just the wise men. Others have a cadre of shepherds and, and stable animals. Some have pieces that are movable and others are carved still, as if this precious moment is meant to be frozen in time forever. I received one from a former student after she studied abroad in Mexico. It's a clay structure of a church. And when you lift up the church by the steeple, you find inside the Holy Family, including a naked baby Jesus, which my kids think is especially funny. And I've always been puzzled by that one and the way that the church sometimes hides such good news. There is a crush set that I don't have yet where an artist has depicted the Holy Family with Joseph cradling the baby Jesus and Mary asleep on a pile of hay behind him. That one feels perhaps most honest of all. Whether you have this pastor's problem of collecting nativity scenes or not, if you have even one crush set, then each year you have the task of arranging the pieces, of spending time deciding what that scene must have looked like whether the shepherds are close or standing in awe in the periphery, whether the wise men are still coming from afar or have arrived already to gaze at this newborn king. Because in the same way that we spend time planning our own festivities each and every Christmas, we've been trying to capture for years what it must have been like for the Holy Family on their first Christmas. And one thing is for certain, baby Jesus is always at the center of the scene. So if we are so clear that Christ is at the center of this biblical story, then we have to ask ourselves, how can you make this newborn king, Emmanuel, God with us, the center of your Christmas celebration today? And the truth is, amidst all the wrapping paper and festivities and food, it's easy for Christ to take a back seat. 
It's easy for baby Jesus to remain a quaint figurine in the creche set in the nice living room, the one where all, all the breakables go, which is by definition where you don't spend any of your time. It's easy to get caught up in the flurry and the fun and forget that the traditions and the decorations and the gifts that we exchange are because of this first gift, this newborn child that is Emmanuel, God with us. And God is with us. It's the best news we could hope for and the promise upon which all of the rest of today's joy rests. But lest we think that missing this good news is just a modern day challenge, we're reminded in today's scripture lesson that we were not the only ones for whom Jesus took a back seat. Bethlehem was a bustling town with more folks than usual gathered because of the census. And in the midst of everyone's arrival, folks were busy going about their daily lives. They were visiting family after long journeys, tending to their animals. The shepherds were busy keeping watch over their flocks by night. There was so much going on in the city that scripture accounts that there was no room at the inn for Joseph and Mary and this child. Whether the innkeepers and the neighbors and Joseph's family knew that this child was special or not, the hubbub of everyone's lives meant that no one made space for this momentous moment. Women have babies every day, one of them surely said. Why is this one any different? The nativity scene that we set up in the Welcome Center captures this so well, the one that you see behind me. Unlike most nativity scenes that include only those key biblical characters, the Holy Family, the shepherds, the wise men, the scene that we put up at church each year captures the whole city of Bethlehem. It captures a city alive with all manner of activity, a carpenter in his wood shop, a woman playing with her young child, a man drawing water from a well, a woman about to serve a meal, travelers and their camel resting from a long journey. There is so much happening in this scene behind me in this city that if you don't take time to look, to draw close, you will certainly miss it. The Holy Family is quietly at the center sheltered by the roof of a simple stable. New life has come into the world, and yet the world doesn't seem to stop, to pause, to even notice. So how can we make sure that this good news doesn't get missed in our celebrations? How will you make Christ the centerpiece of today? A number of years ago, the former president of Columbia Seminary, Steve Hayner, and his wife, Cheryl, they used to have their children and their grandchildren and another pastor and his family over to dinner each Christmas Eve. Like most of us, the Hayners had a crush set that they set up in their living room each year. But it was their custom that though the whole scene was set through Advent, Baby Jesus was not added to the nativity until Christmas Eve. So each year they would gather at their table for a Christmas meal and they ate too much and they shared wonderful stories and returned thanks to God for all of the blessings from the year. And at the end of the meal, 
Cheryl and Steve would always get up and go into the kitchen to prepare dessert. They insisted that everyone sit at the table because it was their joy as a host. And while they were in the kitchen, Steve would sneak into the living room and put baby Jesus in the manger in the nativity scene. It was this Christmas miracle that no one ever knew how baby Jesus arrived. But after dessert, Steve would invite everyone into the living room each year to gather around this scene and the kids would discover the baby Jesus had been born. And the whole family would sing together, joy to the world, the Lord is come. One year as they were carrying out this tradition to the delight of the kids, the pastor's daughter, Miriam, got up to go to the bathroom while dessert was being prepared. And as she walked by the living room, she caught Steve putting baby Jesus in the manger. And her eyes lit up real wide as she realized, and Steve called her close and said, this can be our special secret. It's the best gift we have to offer anyone each Christmas. And so she promised as a young girl to keep the secret and went on her way to the bathroom and returned to the table all the while holding the treasure of the truth in her heart. And they continued this tradition as an extended family for a number of years. But a few years ago, Steve got sick with uh, terminal cancer. And while he maintained incredible joy in that journey, his body was failing him and the end of his life has drawn near. And the pastor shared with his family that Steve has, had gotten very sick and probably wasn't going to live much longer. And his daughter Miriam insisted that she go and see Steve. Thomas tried with all of his heart to convince her that it would be too hard he was too weak, he didn't look like himself anymore, and he just wasn't sure that it was a good idea. He wanted so much to protect her from the hardship that comes with illness and death. But she insisted, Daddy, I have to go see Steve. So they set up a time for her to go, and he warned his daughter again as they got there that day, this, this might be very hard, are you sure that you want to go in? And she insisted, and so Thomas started to walk into the room with her, and Miriam said, no, Daddy, I have to go see Steve alone. I have something to tell him. And she made her way into the room and walked close to his bedside, and Thomas stood at the edge of the door, and he heard her whisper to him, Daddy tells me that you are very sick, but don't worry. I will put Jesus in the manger. She understood. She understood that this good news was so good that it was worth facing death and grief and the challenges of the world that this child came into to make sure that Jesus remained at the center of the story. Miriam made sure that Jesus, God with us, was at the center of every Christmas celebration from then on. So my question for you is this, how will you put Christ at the center of this day so that your family too can gather around and sing joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her King.
Merry Christmas and Amen.